0: everybody to the Building Aaronsburg podcast. I'm Thomas Ahrensberg. And I'm Katherine Ahrensberg. Today we're going to talk about learning styles, um, how Catherine and I learn a little bit differently, and maybe you do too.
1: Maybe you do too and you don't even realize that there's a difference between you and your spouse. Because if you don't have kids, possibly you never would have ever thought about it. Yeah,
0: you probably don't pay attention to it.
1: I think the reason that we have realized, and uh, I think I knew it about myself before, but... Probably the reason why we especially know and can see it in our own, you know, division is because of our children yeah. and how they learn and how it has directly. Because they're all,
0: they're all different and they all have their own.
1: All different and yet directly I can see, or at least mine, <laughs> I can see where mine is coming out in yeah. the in the little ones for sure.
0: Okay, so let's, g- let's give a couple of examples uh, of yours and mine and then we'll maybe go from there. So how about, okay. what we'll do you first? Go ahead.
1: Um, so, do you want me to describe what my learning style is? Maybe. The best way, yeah. the best way for me to describe probably um, is just my differences. At least what I thought were my differences when I was growing up, especially in high school and college. Mm-hmm. And more so in college probably because I lived with other people that were not my family. And I could see how much they were studying in books and doing you know projects and the, the various time they were spending studying for school. Right. Compared to me.
0: <laughs> and it was more or less?
1: Um, much more in a very different way. So I have never studied. That's just, I feel as if I'm not capable of studying. When I look at a page, even if it's notes that I have written in class, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not gaining any more information than I did when I was originally there. So I very much learn through someone talking to me having a conversation with me or through visual aid as far as like a movie I can learn if I watch a movie about penguins I will learn everything about the penguins but yeah. if I read a um especially a textbook style yeah about penguins I will not remember anything about the penguins if someone's speaking to me about the penguins and I'm writing notes I'll remember it because as I write that action of writing is committing it to my memory
0: yeah, and you also listen to a lot of podcasts, too.
1: I listen to a ton of podcasts, and I learn. I mean, you know, I'm always like, today on this podcast I was listening to, yeah. I'm always referencing the podcast about all the interesting things I'm learning. So I love to learn. It's not that with the the way that I learn, I don't like to learn. It's just mm-hmm. that my brain can't, um, I guess... You don't process it. I don't process it the same. And of ways. course, the word processing has been a very recent word in our vocabulary, I think, as far as... Studying and learning and things like that as far as, you know, education and classroom and all that. Because right. we have a child that has, I don't know if you call it a processing difference or disability. They call it a disability. I really, yeah. I don't love the word disability just because I don't think that I have a disability. Is
0: it disorder or disability? Because there is a difference. Oh,
1: you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, they call it I a, think disorder, it's a disorder. Which right. I don't really know what the definition of disorder is. There, I
0: remember in all of my education classes that I took to become a teacher, there was a distinct difference between disability and disorder.
1: Mm-hmm. But still, as far as uh, what they call accommodations that they'll give you in school. Right.
0: Yeah. They'll give you disorders for both. also? Yeah, okay. They'll okay. give you for both. Okay. So well, he has a disorder. ADD and ADHD, the D is disorder.
1: Right. That's true. Yeah. But the, the nice thing about having a child that has, he struggles with school very much, but it's taught me so much about myself because I see that exactly what he has is what I had, and it never would have been defined when I was a kid. Right. I mean, I'm 38 years old. Well, the officially. science wasn't there.
0: They I don't they weren't really studying that, or they were just starting to study that in the 80s is when they really started studying yeah. stuff like this.
1: I think there's a lot more kids that have it than what... um than what we're willing to even talk about. And I think that that's um, another reason I wanted to talk about it today is now that we have a child that has been diagnosed with a processing disorder and I see it in myself, I know he got it from me, like DNA genetically, he got it from me. Mm -hmm. Um, I have told other people about it and they've had their children tested for it. And when we read up on it, I remember they said something like, between 1% and 3% of the entire population have it. Yeah. And I think it's just because people aren't getting tested yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. I think we're really pushing this ADD thing. Yeah, I think that
0: number is going to go up. I think so as too. They,
1: as it becomes more of a...
0: As it becomes better defined. I think right now all of that stuff, you know, if you're... A lot of times if a kid's struggling in school, that a lot of times that's the diagnosis they get is ADD or ADHD. hmm And sometimes it's it might be more than that, which is what we thought was ours. Yeah. Uh-huh. But,
1: you know, ultimately it comes down to the fact that school, at least when I we were kids, school was taught one way. There was right. no, you know, dividing kids out and teaching to the, the learning capabilities of the child. It was right. just you're sitting in the classroom, everybody's learning the same. And so I always struggled. I didn't struggle with, I didn't struggle much. I made good grades. I was not a DNF student. I wasn't that sure. level of struggle. But it's because I was a good kid and I paid attention and I wasn't a discipline problem. So I wasn't. Messing around in class. I wasn't talking and, right. you know, all this type of stuff. So, so I was paying attention and I'm, I'm smart enough to where when I paid attention.
0: You got enough of the material. If I did not get it, it in the
1: classroom, listening to the teacher right. and writing notes, it was not going to happen for me. So like ACT time, when I'm taking tests to go to college from. hmm I didn't study for the ACT. How on earth?
0: I I don't think you're supposed. I don't think you can technically study. (laughs) Right? They say,
1: yeah, right. That's what all these prep courses are for. There's prep courses, and it's all study. Well, it's testing
0: strategies. A lot of those prep classes are testing strategies. I know,
1: but I couldn't have. I just couldn't have. Like I know that about myself, and I even think about um, getting a master's degree or something like that. And there's nothing. I got out of college after five years, Mm -hmm. and I was like, forget. I'm never going back here ever. Ever, ever. Thank goodness I was in a major that's a design major where there were very few non design classes. Even in the prereqs, they were
0: right. like you didn't have to take history and English and math.
1: I think one of each one. one. Of each. Yeah. yeah. Like, and they were freshman year, so they were like 101 level type things. Yeah. So I 100% stumbled into taking classes uh, or, you know, majoring in something that just happened to be. Like, i wanted to be a landscape architect since I was in fifth grade, right? So, right. who would have known? Catherine Cannon would have not known that college would have been such a low prerequisite for any kind of thing that was so difficult for me. No idea that was going to happen. So, right. I definitely lucked out. do it. Yeah. Yes, very much lucked out in that way. Um, and then, I mean, design classes were hard, too. I'm not, don't get me wrong. It's not like I was... they're hard
0: in a different way. They're not... Yes. You weren't having to memorize facts and dates and...
1: I cannot do it. My brain does not process that way at all. So, anyway, I also had a really hard time with history, which I know you don't have a hard time. You love history. Yeah, you always could understand the order. I just didn't like how history was taught. It never made sense to me that we would take, you know, um, world history or civilizations, and then like there was no linear in my brain. I could not envision what the world looked like at one time. Because you would study like Chinese history or like the dynasties. A lot of
0: times that you, you studied in high school, at least the way our high school was structured, you would study Western civilization from zero or before zero to I think 1500 and then sophomore year would be 1500 to current. Then you do like US history.
1: Yeah, I and just, maybe,
0: so they would sprinkle in because you're studying Western civilization You're not studying Eastern civilization. You're not studying what's happening over in Asia during all this time. And so, the only reason you ever paid attention to what was happening in Asia because it affected you know trade routes with Great Britain or something. Oh God,
1: don't even get me started with the trade routes. Like I could, I couldn't. Christopher
0: Columbus. He was actually looking to get to the Indies.
1: I was so disinterested, and I think that added to it too. I was disinterested also in history, but generally all that cluster happening at one time and it did not seem linear or clear in my head as to when it you know when it was happening why it was happening like I had no context for anything yeah in history at all and so that history was my biggest nightmare
0: well and I think it's also it's a subject you know because of the way you learn you're not learning you don't like learning about dates and and facts and figures I
1: want stories
0: yeah that and it's not a process either. Like math and sciences are processes. Mm-hmm. And so if you step learn by processes by doing. Mm-hmm. And so in a math and a science class and in, in a design class, they show you the process. And so you're actually learning because they're showing you how to do it. Whereas in history and English, it was probably, hey, go read this test tomorrow. Kind yeah. Of
1: thing. And I, I will say that that has been a huge gift to us with a child that has this not disability, but difference, however we want to call it. Disorder. Disorder. Um, It's been a gift that I understand what he's experiencing because I've experienced it myself. Yeah. And so, I like today, you were um, helping him with his, I guess it's a history project. It's for his history class. Okay, he's doing what they call a wax museum where they choose a historic figure that's from the state of Alabama, since we live in Alabama, and he has to uh, dress like that person. They're going to stand in the gym, and then you, you quote unquote, press a button. They draw a red circle on their hand. You press the button, and then they give their little um, speech that they've memorized about mm-hmm. where the person's from, what they did that made them famous, all this different stuff. And I knew, like,
0: yeah, I, handed it, be a struggle I handed
1: it off to you, A, because I don't have the patience to deal with him because I have such a processing issue. And B, did I say one or one or you B? Said a, anyway, yeah. a and B. A, two. <laughs> do that all the time um and b um i knew that he wasn't going to be able to memorize it like in order for us to to process it and memorize it more than just its words you had to speak it to him he couldn't read it off of a piece of paper and if you can make it into a song or a story it will stick with him easier and so being able to have my two cents about that i think like if we were two typical learners with this kid that had this disorder I would never have known how to like.
0: Right. Make it make sense for him.
1: Yeah. You know, figure out how he can learn best. Right. And so I do sympathize um, with people who don't have the, <laughs> I mean, past the genetically their own issues onto their kid to where they can at least relate and, and have a conversation about it. Cause it's rough. Yeah. I mean, even, even having the processing disorder with him, the both of us, it's still hard. Because I don't have patience for it, and he doesn't have patience. We're like two pushing together, you know, magnets that are bouncing off of each other. So anyway, that's my problems. How is your your very typical learning experience in (laughs) self? I don't
0: don't know what my shortcomings are. I'm sure that I have some, but I haven't experienced them like you, I guess. Other than they've led to a lot of laziness. Um,
1: Like you're so smart.
0: It's not a smartness thing. I can... So, yesterday we were at my uh, nephew's graduation, and my brother and I were sitting there in the stands. And we have this program in our hands, and he turns to me and said, Have you memorized enough of this program to, to where I can test you? And I said, Oh, I didn't know you wanted to do that. Give me a minute. And about two minutes later, he's like, All right, I'm going to start asking you questions. And he asked me
1: five questions. Five probably. or six
0: questions. What does this symbol stand for? What was the most popular last name? What was. And I probably got four out of the five right, mm-hmm. just cramming, essentially. Here. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that I'm really good at that. I can cram, you know, I was Which helping... honestly
1: in school, unless it's math, it's going to build on itself.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what we're teaching kids to do. In my opinion, we're teaching kids to be able to cram. Yeah. I Cause can all you cram need to know like is beast. for the test.
0: Like Gregory's thing today that I was helping him with, I helped him find all these facts. I'm like, all right, we, he wrote them all down and I was like, all right, read it to me and then put it down and now you try it and he couldn't do it i was like dude <laughs> like i got this like i could do it right now if i had to perform yeah. it i could you know but i know that's because i can for whatever reason i just have a lot of short term memory i guess i can just stuff a bunch of information very quickly in just by reading it or seeing it i think
1: and- i think when it's something for a level below mine i can do that i probably could have done it done it for his history Project that we're talking about, yeah. especially since it's kind of an interesting subject about learning about um, Tuskegee Airmen and what they did and what the guy's right. name was. I probably at this point could do it. But if you want me to do that for like uh,
0: the graduation pamphlet that we, yeah, that, kind of, that for
1: sure would not have happened. But no, people have asked me to give speeches before, right? You there is no way if I ever had to do a TED talk, which You know, that would be like the joy of my life if I ever got to do some sort of TED Talk. But those people have memorized. They wrote and memorized those speeches. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it. I have to just be on the seat of my pants. Yeah, Let's just talk about something. I could talk about almost any subject for an hour. Yeah. But the idea of writing and memorizing a speech, forget about it. Yeah. Absolutely not. Do you think you could... I've and done mem- it before, yeah. And memorize the mm-hmm. speech and and a lot of times I don't
0: memorize the speech. I um, I'm trying to so like the other day I had to um for I coach football and we had a signing day thing and so we had seven athletes. Oh, and you're that memorizing like stats. Yeah, which is even worse. So oh my I gosh. had I had the stats written down on a piece of paper because I knew I would forget them. But then like the two or three things that I wanted to say about them, I just made like a little sentence mm-hmm. about each kid. So.
1: And by the way, these are kids that he probably didn't coach, so didn't know a yeah, lot about. Yeah, there was
0: one that I that I coached at my position, and the other okay. five were on defense. I'm an offensive coach. So, like, I had all their stats written down because I knew when, when we got to that part, I would just read 21 tackles, 5 interceptions, whatever. Um, but the parts that I wanted to say about them and their character and what they've done, I mean, I could just... I wrote down a couple of thoughts, and then...
1: So that learning, isn't it called rote learning? R-O-T. So, rote
0: learning is when you just memorize. Th- you do things repetitively to where you memorize. Like time them, tables. The way that you did your time tables. In still third don't know grade. them.
1: I still don't know my time no. tables. I'm 38 years old and I still don't know my time tables, y'all.
0: Which I remember that being super easy for me Like. in third grade. I remember that the teacher, the way that they did it is when you mastered what one number, whatever number it was, they would put like a little scoop of ice cream on the board <laughs> and like you would get all the way up to nine scoops yeah. and then at the end of the year or i don't even know if it was the end of the year whatever it was there would be an ice cream party and depending on how many scoops you had mm-hmm. would you that's what kind of ice cream you got so you know if you got nine scoops you can get the nice ice cream versus just oh my
1: this is very complicated i know that was like second grade right well
0: it's third grade i think i do that
1: although but. our child that has the processing disorder is very good at math so it's, yeah. it's not but,
0: again it's processes though I mm-hmm. think it's because he he learns the process in class by watching it and by doing it yeah and so when he has to perform it maybe his third grade teacher no is just
1: better than mine and it's just the one thing because I will say that a lot of times my math skills on off the top of my head are better than yours
0: yeah I'm really bad at that
1: so and I don't know why that is but all I'm getting at is okay
0: so that's what I was going to get to I do think that one of my shortcomings is because I know that I have that ability, I don't work very hard at all. You work I,
1: hard in general in life, very much so. Right,
0: but if I had to, like the ACT, I didn't prep for that at all. Yeah. zero, zero, like negative prep.
1: By the way, we're in Alabama. The SAT is not as popular down here. Right. That's why we're speaking of the ACT. It's just everyone takes the ACT here. I don't know if, we, <laughs> if we're all going to Southern colleges, because I'm sure other colleges around the country...
0: They, I think some of them accept both. Some of them only accept one mm-hmm. or the other. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, in general, I don't know anybody who took the SAT when we were coming up.
0: I'm sure they did, but it, even if someone had told us in high school, oh, I made a 1,400. you don't like, know what, what that the means. Heck does that mean? We
1: don't even know. We know what the ACT scale looks like and right. what it means and how it, <laughs> you got a, you know, 34 on your ACT. That's yeah. impressive. Right. But... I don't know what eleven hundred on an SAT means. Is that failing? Is that good? <laughs> I have no um, idea. I, I don't know either. There's somebody says it's like you put your name on the test and you get a twelve out of no, thirty. I don't, I don't know. know if that's a real thing. I don't even know either. But um, anyway, all this to say that I think sometimes um, we have people around us um, that learn differently, and especially as we're adults, I think that um, it's easy to. Um, associate someone as being smart or not or so smart yeah. or whatever. Right. Not that you know specifically how they learn as such, but speaking to them, things take some time or whatever. And I've just learned over time that that doesn't mean that they um, are dumb. It means that it just takes them a minute to catch up with. They just learn differently. Right. You know, and not, and not just learn like... um A's and B's and one two threes and that type of thing, but a- A's and B's, A B C's and one two threes. Yeah. But also looking you in the face and speaking to you, it may take them a minute to even process what you're saying to them. Right. Just because their brain works a little yeah. differently. Yeah. It's it's been very interesting. Um, I don't have that issue as much. Um, and maybe I've honed it and crafted it a little better as I've gotten older. And I as think, yeah, I
0: think as you go along the way, you learn tricks coping mechanisms yeah with whatever the weaknesses are and also to play to your strengths if you know that you learn a certain way you know that hey i need to get this material in this way and don't write it down for me because that's not going to help me
1: right yeah and i think too another thing that we've learned along the way is um and actually the reason why we had our child tested so early on. I think he was in kindergarten when we knew something was going on. Right. The teacher didn't want to test him because he, he's so young and just hang on and wait. you know.
0: When they can't read at that point. Right.
1: But did, we knew. We're right. his parents and we knew. And um, we wanted to get him tested as early as possible so that we could start coping mechanisms. Right. That was super important to us. And the reason why is because we knew that as he progressed that he would feel behind And that would make him feel a certain way. Yeah. If you learn differently than other people, you know it. You look around your classroom and you know that everyone around you is picking it up quicker than you. And there's a possibility that he would feel like he was stupid. Yeah. And that was something that I couldn't handle him feeling about himself because that's something that you can't change. Once he starts to feel that way... Um, it's a very hard boat to turn around, you know? And so I wanted to start the process super early of giving him coping mechanisms so that he could achieve um, and feel confident in himself. And we're still working on that. As early as we got started, we're still working on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a lifelong process for him. I don't think there'll ever come a point where he's mastered But but coping uh, mechanisms. hopefully
1: somewhere along the way, he'll be... Really excel at something, right? To the point where it can overshadow the that other part that yeah. he that was less than compared to other people. Because it doesn't matter what you do, kids are always going to compare themselves to others, or at least yeah. look over there mm-hmm. to their neighbor and see um, how somebody else is doing. And there's nothing wrong with differences between people. Of course, if there's somebody super smart in your class, they're smart. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with being differences. Obviously, we, everybody needs their differences, and they're all good. Um, but I just didn't want his differences to make him feel less than. Um, and so we're we're working on that over time. So I'm hoping, at, like I said, as an adult, he will pick up something or really realize that he is good at something that will, you know, take, <laughs> push back the other yeah. parts of him that felt bad about not, not being well, as and, good as and other what people are.
0: What he's going to be good at because of his learning style is not going to be what other kids are going to be good at. You know, we've already said that we think he's going to be, he's really good at making relationships.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: Which has nothing, that will show up nowhere on a report card. Right. You know, no one in school will know like, hey, that guy's great at relationships. Mm -hmm. We recognize that Mm -hmm. because we see the way he interacts with people and and what people come back and say to us about him and, oh, we just love him. He's whatever kind of a kid. He's a
1: sweet boy. He really is a sweet kid. But
0: that's never going to show up somewhere. So I think that, I think he'll realize that someday. Mm Mm-hmm. And so whatever career and, path he chooses will hopefully, you know, be somewhere where where that he can use that as his strength to, to move ahead. Yeah. And Because it's probably not gonna be something where he's gonna have to sit down and do a bunch of stuff in some books and read books and memorize right, facts and right.
1: Yeah. And I, I know that I've mentioned it on here before that I was like the disappointment kid that went to LSU instead of Notre Dame because my family all went to Notre Dame, pretty much except me. Um or got like 34s and 36s on their ACTs, not me. Like none of them were me. And so I would say the, not pressure, but just, I knew I was the dumb kid in the family, you know? Like I didn't feel that as much at school. I felt it more at home. And so, you know, I think now that I've come into my own with my business and have developed my own marketing strategy and do all these videos and have like built a successful business, that is me overshadowing the stupid yeah, but that again, I was, I, that I felt I, see, I was. I
0: see a lot of Gregory in you in that way too because you are really good with, with relationships and you make really good relationships with people, with your clients, mm-hmm. with the contractors you work with. That has nothing to do with how smart you are. Right. You know, So you might have been, at least the, like you're saying, you felt like you were the stupid kid growing up
1: Here's the thing, but the though, job that
0: you have now requires no...
1: I know, but it's it's like anything else. That is 18 years of your life, at minimum. Sure. That you are in school... Well, not 18 years. You start when you're six. Whatever. 18-ish years of your life that you are, you are in that system right. of accelerating in the classroom, being super important. And it's like telling... I mean, we have another child that's... He's a boy, and he's short. You're short. You're five mm-hmm. foot six. He looks to daddy and he sees that you're not super tall. Height matters to boys a yeah. lot. Weight matters to girls. Height matters to boys. It is what it is. It's a society thing. It is what it is. So that makes him feel bad. We tell him all the time, you're going to get a gross part. We know, I mean, we've told stories about, we know people who've gotten gross person in high school or in college. Yeah. You're in sixth grade. Right. Like, you've got so much time. but. When you're in it and you're in the day-to-day, <laughs> yes. thinking about the possibility of yeah. that happening
0: is... Well, you're walking around and everybody's taller than you. Well, the knows? girls are taller than you.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying 18 years... So flip back to the school stuff. Yeah. 18 years of your life and people are going, one day you will be have a job that's going right. to play to your, your strengths. You've been beaten down by 18 years sure. of thinking you're dumber than everybody else because that's the system that you're in. Right. You're in the system of height being good, weight low being good, you know, um,
0: grades being high,
1: grades being high, scholarships to colleges, all this different stuff being good, and you're not, you don't fit into that box. Right. And when you're little, you just want to fit into the box. Right. And so.
0: I don't think that changes when you grow up. You still want to fit in the box.
1: I don't care about fitting in the box anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I really don't. I think it, to I think to a large extent we do fit into the box in in a lot of ways, and so maybe that makes it easier. We're I think not the complete. box
0: Changes. I mean, when you become an adult, you want to be by your peers. You want to be seen as successful and happy. Sure, that's a, that's a different box than right. being tall and smart. Sure. And yeah, but that can, but it
1: can be in a gazillion different ways. Sure. Happy and happy and successful can be a million different things.
0: Right, but but people use, you know, they money. Right, money as a is that the general standard for success. I mean, if you're upper middle class, oh, you're successful.
1: Right. Nah. I don't think we fit into that box though.
0: No, I know, but I think that people use that. We definitely don't as fit a, into the bo- box judgment. of wealthy. I'm
1: just saying we don't we don't sure. care as much about the money equaling success. Right. But yes, I agree. Where there's always boxes to be had. Yeah. Um and I would
0: say people that are that are not wealthy or they're even poor probably are, feel the same way that the short kid feel, felt in middle school and that the dumb kid felt in high yes. school or whatever. Yeah, the struggle is like real. You're using these standards that are whatever, and they're arbitrary standards, but you feel like they're standards that everybody's using,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they really don't matter. Yeah. You know, in the end, they don't matter. I think,
1: I think the sweet spot is knowing, being able to, t- again, know thyself, <laughs> take a step back, and realizing that they don't matter and why, or, or questioning yourself, why do I why think they matter? Why should they matter? Yeah. Right. And even being able to identify what that box is that is that people are trying to fit themselves into. Because right. I think sometimes, um, you know, the things that we've learned about, like I just said, weight, uh, height, smarts, getting into college, scholarships, all this type of stuff, those are super obvious ones. Right. But there's lots of more nuanced ones, especially as we get to be older. Um,
0: like having and making good relationships I mean that's that's a measurement that I think it's important one that people don't <laughs> like there's no way to really measure it
1: yeah I was thinking of than, way like, you more look
0: around and you got you have a good set of friends you have a good family you know you have in your professional world you have good relationships with the people you work with
1: yeah I was thinking of a lot more um, vain ones than that
0: <laughs> Well, it was such a that, nice one right those are yeah sure
1: I'm thinking of, do I drive the nicest car? Why do I want to drive a nice car? Do I need a new car? Like, right. this one's fine. Can I be okay with this car?
0: Right. You know,
1: there's so many things. Oh, do I have a boat? I'm just seeing all these. They're all things, yeah. I guess. Is my house.
0: So yeah. big.
1: Right. You know, certain yeah, square footage or in a certain would, neighborhood yeah. or a zip code or whatever. And I think so many times we don't realize that we are putting ourselves in that box. I yeah. think that we we think we want to live in a certain zip code because it's close to school and it's whatever, but it actually says, you feel like it says something about you. Sure. Like dig deep. Let's figure it out. This always turns into a psychology Yeah, People don't want to do
0: that. (laughs) I don't want to look in the mirror.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. But anyway, so, you know, if, I guess first things first You know, consider if there's someone around you that learns differently and how many things that affects. It's not just school. It affects a lot of different things. Um, relationship-wise, you know, some nuanced things are lost on people that have a certain processing disorder. (laughs)
0: Like you're just
1: not gonna notice certain things and then they are heightened in other ways. Touch, feel, you know, all these various different things. And so identifying that. Maybe in people who are around you, friends, family.
0: Maybe even yourself. Maybe, Maybe even people yourself. are listening right now and be like, wait a second, that was me. Yeah. I'm not stupid. I know I'm not stupid. Oh, if that's. But I couldn't make the grades and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't make the grades.
1: Gosh, if that's what could come out of this podcast, I would love that. Yeah. If someone do identify it. Because if you don't have a kid, honestly, guys, I didn't know this until we no, had a kid of our either. own. No, I didn't
0: either. Yeah. And I'll say this. As a teacher, for years, I taught. And I would get these reports. This kid has this disorder and this disorder and whatever. Sit them in the front. Give them their, you know, go through the paperwork and, and make sure you get all the accommodations. But I now didn't really... Now you have really, empathy. Yeah, like I didn't really like take a, um, an interest in it, I guess mm-hmm. might be the best way to say it. Other than to make sure I
1: followed all the, all the
0: paperwork things that they asked me to do. Yeah. But now like I see certain kids and the way that they're struggling, it's like, huh.
1: But that is always how... Most of us learn, as I would well, maybe not. Maybe at least we learn the same in that way. But I think all humans, maybe not all, learn in this way, too, through experience. Yeah. Right? And so you had those kids in your class, but you weren't really experiencing them. Sure. As far as their learning capabilities and right. learning differences. Well,
0: other than they wouldn't do well. It's like, oh, yeah, he's got that thing, and...
1: Right. Oh well. So you were aware of it. Right. But you didn't really you weren't seeing through and through. Right. I mean, you live with this kid and you live with me and so you see day and night how well, it
0: and it really made it worse last year when we had to do the um quarantine and I was trying to teach him. Yeah. God and bless I was like the teachers. Banging my head against the wall trying yeah. to teach his kid.
1: God bless the teachers.
0: And it you know, sadly, for years I probably was teaching kids or at least spitting information out that I thought they were just gonna pick it up because mm-hmm everyone else is picking it up perfectly fine. And a little Johnny's not getting it, but oh yeah, he has that thing. Right. Let's just keep going. He's got a thing. You know? Yeah. Whereas now I'm a little, a lot more aware, aware. and empathetic to. And I
1: think too, especially, and I w- I was certainly this way and I've told you about it several times. Um, not as a child, usually you're not willing to raise your hand and maybe you can't even articulate if you could raise your hand and, and wanted to, um, what needed to be repeated or what needed to be changed in order for you to learn more effectively. Yeah. Um, like I've mentioned before, I was a division one athlete and I used to pull ball in college and, um, we would watch film sometimes. Yeah. And I remember I would not go to the coach and ask him like, what can I do better? Sure. What can I change? What can I, you know, I just, and I think that's part, I don't think that's part of the processing disorder. I think that's just the youth um, cause sometimes right. you'll come home from your football practice and be like, this kid did this. And I'm like, well, did they ask you about it? And you're like, no. I'm, be- I'm like, I bet they're afraid, not afraid, but just like, they, they don't, don't even know to ask. They don't even know that they can ask you or right. what to ask. And so sometimes I think you have to identify that and then spit that back at them so that they're, get the juices flowing and understand what they can ask. And cause I right. think these kids are playing a sport. They want to improve. They sure. want to do good. They want to achieve and excel, but don't have the words to put to the person who could help them to, to help them with yeah. that. You know,
0: I, I usually make them explain to me. <laughs> now repeat like it back. When they mess, yeah. Like when they <laughs> mess up, what'd you do wrong here? Uh, I, whatever. Yeah. And if they don't know, it's like, well, see, like you don't even know what you did wrong. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you. And then.
1: But sometimes I, I know there's been times before where there, you've had several students, I think that you've come and told me that you realize they couldn't figure out how you were teaching and so you had the teacher that's next door who's also a math teacher explain it the way that they do it. Like you've got several methods you can teach them if sure. they're not getting it by the second or third yeah, method. Yeah, and I tell
0: them that all the time because a lot of them have tutors that mm-hmm. they go to and I tell them, look, if your tutor's got a way that makes more sense than what I'm saying, mm-hmm.
1: just get the math do, problem yes. done, whatever it is. Yes, There's yeah. a,
0: there's more than one way to do this. and Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, it's the same way. It's just the way you're brain comes to putting the pieces yeah, together yeah absolutely yeah is what you gotta do
1: so that's our conversation about learning you guys do you, any of you guys have this processing issue or any other learning disabilities that make you unique and special because I really do think that it's just coming at life a little different way you guys can send us an email at buildingeronsburg at com. you can see us on social media and comment on social media Facebook and Instagram at buildings, building buildingeronsburg and until next time bye y'all
0: bye y'all